Um, how do you want to start this off? What's up, guys? We're going kind of coming straight at you for the new what's in ex- like that, you know, with high energy. You do prefer the high energy approach. Well, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a born showman. It's very strange that I'm doing this, considering I clearly don't have the inclination to ever try to make a deal out of anything. Well, I mean, it's fun because we're really a pair, you and I. Because my idea of a podcast is a thing I do with one friend that maybe two other friends that I have listen to, and hopefully no one else. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently that's my idea of a podcast as well. Big dreams at the beginning, but yeah, those got dashed pretty quickly. Now it's just a fun thing that I do with my, my best wrestle bud, Alec Aww. Baccio. Yeah, my best wrestle bud, Kristen Marsh, the that, heel of the podcast. Absolutely not. The amount of work I put in to make this podcast run. <laughs> You're going to call me the heel. Hey, kayfabe, brother. <laughs> As we mentioned, this is What's NXT. Coming at you. How you doing this month? I'm doing all right. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff going on, but it's fine. Keep me busy. <laughs> That's specific. You know, like labor activities that I do outside of my house. Oh, outside of your house. Yeah. How about you? You know, I can't complain, which is to say I absolutely could complain, but that's not the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, you choose not to complain. (laughs) I try my hardest not to complain. I haven't been unemployed for a while, so that's nice. That is nice. I suppose technically things are better than they've ever been. but Everything's coming up, Tristan. Yeah, real low bar that I'm constantly amazed that i clear i was gonna make a joke about wrestling here but i, I don't even know what i would say i'm a little tired <laughs> so nxt is crazy now oh yeah nxt is a uh, turned into a saturday morning cartoon show the last we left we had just watched takeover which was about two and a half hours of really good serious grounded wrestling and uh, apparently a bunch of people took vaudeville classes or something because everybody's going big and goofy now. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fun. We have like a procedural drama with the uh, Alistair Black case. But it's being handled by fucking uh, Inspector Clouseau. Everybody was like, this is going to be great for my demo reel. So like... <laughs> You just get everybody acting like a fucking lunatic. You have Nikki Cross rolling around on the table. You have Otis Dozovich complaining about his IBS. (laughs) He couldn't have killed Aleister Black because he had just drank two things of coffee. And when that coffee gets in his guts, oh, it starts working around and it... It's coming! But the thing is... What I just said was maybe three seconds long. Not not those bitch. <laughs> no, 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 no. No way. That was a significant amount of time. Yeah, it was a couple of minutes, and he goes into detail about what he does in the morning and when that leads to him having to take a shit. Yeah, and, and there's also like the fun, oops, I thought you were grilling me about breaking the toilet in the performance center. Like, it's a little gag. And at the end of the day, I mean, he might, he might have still beat up Aleister Black for all we know. 
He, d- he didn't. We know that Heavy Machinery didn't do it because while Regal is doing his Law & Order NXT division bullshit. Dun, dun. You should put in the, the fashion police. Thing. Yeah, sure. Dun, dun. Heavy Machinery, like, become the Scooby gang. Yeah. They're out in the parking lot because obviously where else would you be? The parking lot has become the new loading docks. Yeah. Parking lots are dangerous. They're just doing their selfie video recording where they're like, we're just out in the parking lot trying to track down who who beat up Alistair Black. And, you know, obviously. Right. Like three weeks later. Yeah. There's got to be evidence still around in this high traffic area. As though, like the Scooby gang, the killer is going to walk by in the background with a ghoul mask on that they can pull off. And you can both go, oh my god, Johnny Gargano, it was you all along. And I would have got away for it, too, if it wasn't for you. He just, like, stops mid-sentence and just stares. I saw, like, an interview with Johnny Gargano. Like, it's an outside thing. It was, just, like, some wrestling guy. And he went there to whatever to interview Johnny and boy he's really fun in real life apparently his character is still fucking crazy though all right Tristan's back big fat guys yeah big fat guys what are your thoughts about NXT becoming a live action cartoon I don't know Thank, (laughs) thank god the past two weeks it's gotten a little bit less but there's still some elements. I always love Kona Reeves, and he's kind of a cartoon, but I think they're taking it a little too far talking about diarrhea. Having Dozovich get into a match with Ciampa because they're mad at him. Uh, and Ciampa is mad at Dozovich because he can't pronounce his name, which is very Bugs Bunny. Duck season, wabbit season. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a little weird. I, I don't know if I'm super down with it. And and it's in it's it's affecting every division. There's a weird line drawn halfway through the show, and yeah. half of it is goofy, and half of it is still very serious. You know, wrestling serious, not like serious serious. But you right, know. that's the key: is wrestling serious? Because we were just giving so many props to like a softcore porno filmed in the back of a hotel. Between EC3 and Velveteen Dream, we were like, oh, that's a great promo. And that's basically a cartoon. But for some reason, that's... Because it's wrestling serious, it doesn't... There's some weird shit going on that I don't know if it fits that mold now. That felt funny, but not like the characters were trying to make jokes. Right. Whereas Dozovich talking about poop in his pants is like... This is a joke. You're trying to make a joke. It also kind of like doesn't sell Dozovich as being like a cool, badass, heavy weightlifter that's goofy. It sells him as being like a dork who shits his pants. He should only shit his pants when he overexerts on a squat. Yeah. And that would work with his character. He's he's squatting a fucking tractor and then he just like shits. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely do not. You know how we often say WWE, you can use that? Do not use that one. Yeah, please don't use that. I want to like this guy. Tucky and, and Otis don't need to be cool, but they need to be cooler than that. Yeah, they need to have heart. And for some reason, battling diarrhea is not like <laughs> giving him great heart. 
instead of Connor's Cure, Otis's organization, and he's like, next month is IBS month. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's but not going to happen. But again, that's goofy. That's, that's goofy. like too goofy. He's going to do like a, a We Are the World or something. Half of it is still what we expect out of NXT, and the other half isn't. And yeah. when they intersect, it can either be amazing or kind of not that great the regal thing the like investigation is kind of giving rise to a lot of it i feel it's actually kind of a compelling story it's like who beat up alistair black it's actually kind of interesting i can't wait for alistair black to appear right when regal's like i think i know who did it and just be like no i know who did it and i'm gonna fight him right now the way that they're handling these like investigations to me like there's just so much goofiness that comes out of it part of it is the investigation yeah. And I feel like wrestling writers probably don't have to flex their skills at maintaining emotional clarity through a long storyline like this. Yeah. And there's more backstage stuff now. And so they're like, we've got to write, a, you know, some vignettes with Regal investigating it. I guess all of them are going to be pretty serious, right? We don't know how to write three things in a row that are serious. So somebody's got to shit their pants. The other thing, it kind of goes back to this stuff has always been there. Kyrie Sane is a cartoon character. Oh, yeah. And she's amazing right now. Yeah, she's killing it. Everybody loves her. She's getting in the ring and everybody's going nuts. She doesn't come out with the belt. She has the belt propped on a treasure chest. Yeah, on a pillar. In the middle of the entrance ramp. She comes out and takes the belt and then runs her hand through the gold coins in it and then goes to the ring. The chest is closed and with a grin on her face and for some reason, genuine surprise, she opens the chest to see the belt is there. Ah, she's overjoyed. <laughs> well, she put it in there, right? I mean, like, <laughs> who the hell is playing along with her to put it in there? She did it. I mean, this is insane. And she's, like, throwing fake gold coins at people on her way down to the... It's, it's, it's nuts. It's very nuts. She's But it's very good, too. <laughs> it is good. She, I can buy into being cartoony and goofy. She's a pirate princess. No, I mean, I get that. Because that's what we used to talk about. It felt weird that she was the pirate princess. Yeah. And, like, the rest of the women's division, there aren't other women's... I Like, the closest that it gets to that is Lacey Evans, but she's clearly not actually a 50s pinup that has come to life. Right. She's just modeling herself on that. But when we talk about Kyrie saying we aren't like, she's like a pirate. We say... She's a pirate princess. Right. And now, finally, the show is goofy enough that she can run with that and have a fucking awesome treasure chest on the stage. Yeah, it's just, it's too bad she doesn't grab Shayna Baszler by the face and say, look at me, look at me, I'm the champion now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pirate thing to do, right? She comes out with a... a um rpg yeah it's like i'm a new kind of pirate i'm a modern pirate guys we're we're taking this we're taking this to the 21st century instead of stealing doubloons i'm going to just hold everybody in the audience hostage until the american government pays me 2.5 million dollars yeah or capture a cargo ship full of a first pressing of a video game 
<laughs> they did that too. That was like something kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That pirates was are kind of fun. fun, I guess. After you know, when those pirates <laughs> captured that cargo ship. Yeah. Oh, it was a rollicking good time. Sure. Great. I mean, pirates. Haha. Right. Nothing's more fun than pirates. Not only does Kyrie Sane fit in in this world really well. Now her interactions with Shayna Baszler also work in this weird half goofy, half serious world because Shayna Baszler is the serious one and she comes out and kicks over her stupid treasure chest and is like, this is all bullshit. You're not a fucking pirate. I really loved that. That gave me a lot of admiration for Shayna Baszler. I was like, yeah, fucking kick that stupid thing over. (laughs) Fuck that stupid fucking treasure chest. She put the belt in there. It's not real gold. Ugh. That chest is from but fucking Michaels, dude. <laughs> You're supposed to put lawn ornaments in it. Yeah. I should mention that I am contractually obliged as a leftist wrestling fan to not like Shayna Baszler anymore, even though she's my favorite wrestler in the world. <laughs> yep. Honeymoon's over. I knew that it was going to end this way, but on 9-11, she retweeted somebody, and the tweet was like, this is just to remind the world that if you fuck with us, we will find you and hunt you down and kill you. And then it ended with three hashtags. Revenge. Hashtag vengeance. Very different. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. And I think maybe worst of all, hashtag never forgive. <laughs> just don't talk about politics. It's okay. You don't have to. I'm... You don't have to talk about how you love killing people overseas. Just understanding that wrestler is a character on a TV show that I watch. It's just it just benefits me so much because it just I could just love I could just still love all the stuff Shayna Baszler's doing. Because Shayna Baszler in the ring, she didn't retweet that. And even if she did, Shayna Baszler, the character, she's all about vengeance. And it makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. She was wearing a bad religion t-shirt. I know. I thought that she was cool. <laughs> I also want to say, by the way, guys, that I'm the more loyal person because Pete Dunne could kick me in the balls and I'd probably still like him. Shayna Baszler could, could have kicked me in the balls and I would have still liked her. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's not a thing that I'm into. I feel but like that's like... Like less. I feel like that's more personally insulting than someone just retweeting something that some other guy said that I don't agree with. Listen. I still like the work that she's doing. And obviously there are a bunch of other wrestlers that I like have processed and dealt with (laughs) their personal lives. Yeah. You know, fucking Chris Jericho has a bunch of flat earth dudes go on his podcast. Flat earth, flat earth. And, uh, you know, Sandy hook truthers going on his podcast. Sandy hook guys too. Yeah. I think that Bo Dallas said, that he was like, oh, maybe. Oh, no, but I like Bo Dallas because he has such a stupid voice. <laughs> These are all human beings. Right. None of them are perfect. Right. She's she's good at what she does. Uh, I guess I would just say, please try not to talk about how you like killing foreigners. That would be good. I would like that. I guess what I would say is next time she's in a match, you can now boo her. But it's not going to be for the reason that WWE wants you to boo. Her. <laughs> boo! No imperialism. Boo! I mean, I'm a fan of you beating up Kyrie Zane. 
beat the shit out of her, knock her treasure chest over. But boo, your political thought. Deeper within the women's division, we're getting some cartoon antics. Nikki Cross's cross examination. <laughs> that was pretty oh, that's good, right? good. Yeah, that was great. Did you just come up with that? No, I wrote it down like three weeks ago. <laughs> I wrote it on my hand. I had to keep writing it because every time I took a shower, it got a little bit faded. Yeah, so she's rolling around on the desks, knocking pencils all over the place. Apparently, she saw Alistair Black get beat up, but she's too crazy and she can't tell anybody what it was. Bianca, who's been waiting outside, gets sick of it and comes in. And she's like, listen, I want my time in here so I could leave. I'm valuable. I'm undefeated or whatever the hell she says. And then Nikki wants to make a match with her, which is great. And this was something I was really looking forward to because I love Nikki Cross. Everybody loves Nikki Cross. I love Nikki Cross as well. I got to say, I didn't like the cross-examination all that much. No, I did not either. I don't think that it's good. She is not one of the ones to take Goofy. That's the problem. Like Otis Dozovich, he should be Goofy. They just made him too Goofy. Right. Scale back a little bit. He'll be fine. Yeah. Nikki Cross, yeah, she's the crazy one. She's not crazy like Daffy Duck. She's crazy like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, but they turned her Daffy Duck. And she shouldn't be Daffy Duck. No. She should absolutely not be Daffy Duck. If anything... The one of those two characters that you could probably take goofy right now is Bianca Belair because yeah. she's chanting undefeated and she has a t-shirt on that says, don't touch my hair. I thought she was really going to like join up and they were going to become goofy and fun together. And I was kind of looking forward to having a serious wrestling match that had like comedy elements. But then we got a serious wrestling match that had comedy elements. And it was very weird <laughs> because the comedy elements were straight out of Looney Tunes. <laughs> Bianca Belair was the Elmer Fudd in this situation. And it was a little strange. I really didn't see her as playing it that straight. It takes until a double disqualification because of course, like, Right. You have well, Nikki Cross versus somebody who's undefeated. You're right. not going to want to fuck with either one of them. Exactly. But after the double disqualification, that's when Nikki Cross gets crazy in the way that we've known her. Right. Where she's like, I'm going to destroy you. Before that, she's crazy in such an unconvincing way. It's goofy. Yeah. She's waving at her. Hi, Bianca. She ducks between her legs, and then Bianca Belair looks around like she doesn't know where the hell she is. Where the hell did she go? Turns around. Hi, Bianca. And everybody laughs. I feel like you could do this with a character. You know, I'm protective of my truly intimidating women's wrestlers because women's wrestlers, especially in the WWE, so rarely get the chance to be that. Yeah. And for a long time, that was Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross was the person where you were like, oh, you know, I think that they're going to finally do an intergender match and it's going to be with Nikki Cross and she's going to like demolish some dude. It's going to be great. And now she's like, oh, I know who beat up Aleister Black, but I'll never tell. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And I think Bianca got a similar treatment because she's so powerful. The, the minute she loses that braid, she could have a match with a guy. Like, everybody's super... She's so fucking over. Everybody loves yeah. her. With good reason. Because she's incredible in the, in the ring. She looks great, and she's so strong. 
it's just upsetting to see them both kind of get that. I mean, with it being too far on that side. Because I think it would be kind of fun. I mean, like, Nikki versus Shayna had a little bit of element of comedy. When you see Shayna staring at Nikki like, what the hell am I going to do with this woman? But that was comedy that you could understand in a serious way when it comes to the match. You're, you're like, kind of giggling. Nikki Cross didn't seem like her personality had changed from previous Nikki Cross. The funny stuff was these two completely different characters and how they interact. And that's like a much harder comedy to do than like coming out on a pogo stick or something. You're going to have an Oscar versus Felix match and it's just a very weird uh it's just a very weird dynamic for these two. Oscar versus Felix? Oscar. It's it's Oscar. an odd couple thing. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, although Oscar versus Felix also works, yeah, that would have been a that would have been a comedy match that would have worked because he would have run away screaming for like thirty minutes and she would have just kicked his head off. You know, Oscar, it really makes me angry when you don't do the dishes. Don't she, smoke cigars indoors and stop inviting your friends over on weeknights. And then she starts yelling at him in Japanese and he just runs away, <laughs> kicking his door in. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Da, 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 it's just da, and then the wow from the beginning <laughs> of her theme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it is too bad that it's that it's happening like that. But I I am kind of happy with the way they finished it with the denouvement of the whole thing. The oh, yeah. backstage interview with, with Bianca, where Bianca took Nikki like super seriously and looked almost and acted almost a little humbled. I think they're turning her like more face because they're realizing people love her so much. They want to be able to like tweenerize her or whatever. But it seems obvious that the next match is going to be a more serious match between the two of them. Yeah. But how do you get there if you're treating Nikki so goofy now? When you're trying to set up a cool thing, please set it up with a cool thing. And don't make it so transparent that that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. Wrestlers know what's going to happen in the future, or at least the bookers do, right? Right. But good writing in any genre. We shouldn't know. Well, and also the character shouldn't know what's going to happen next while they're doing something. Yeah. You know? So you shouldn't write a match that is obviously setting up another match where people are acti- are not trying to win that match because that makes it clear that there's another match that's going to happen. You know? Yeah. It's just, it is disappointing seeing that happen. Regal giveth and Regal intervieweth away. I think that it really comes down to not knowing what the tone is supposed to be at NXT right now. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just getting everybody ready for Matt Riddle and they're just like. Uh, speaking of getting everybody ready for Matt Riddle. Yeah. Let's talk about Cassius Ono's new tough, serious persona. I like this. I like the tone shift for Cassius Ono. I like the tone shift too, except for the fact that it's so obviously just setting up him getting his ass reamed by Matt Riddle. I know that really sucks. That's super first, sucks. I thought it was going to be even worse because his whole gimmick now is 
I'm the gatekeeper. And when a new guy comes, they got to go through me. And that's why I beat up this stupid bald dude. And that's why I beat up Cesar Bononi or whoever the hell I beat up. I don't even remember. Some new guy. doesn't matter. I beat him up. I'm going to beat up every new guy. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit. Keith Lee is just going to fucking rip his face off <laughs> with one hand. This sucks. But then I realized, oh, no, he's just going to have a feud with Matt Riddle because he said bro in an interview. It could have been worse. It could have been Keith Lee just no-selling everything and just picking him up with one arm. I don't know how much better it's going to be with Matt Riddle. Not much, but a little bit. I mean, you got to count your blessings. M- Matt Riddle is not what you would call a small dude that they can, like, convincingly write as, you know, oh, yeah, he'll he'll take some punishment but come back. Matt Riddle's going to go in there with no shoes on. and The entire stadium full of people shouting bro at him. Those guys probably don't know about his mixed martial arts background or his like brutal <laughs> match history. It's going to be a fucking slaughterhouse, dude. It's Yeah, it's going to be upsetting. When he first started going a little dark, I was like, oh, finally, maybe they're going to like give Cassius Ono something to do. He yeah. deserves at least something to do. And then he even said, people think I'm out of the picture. I'm going to someday still get that belt, maybe. Yeah, I'm just getting passed up all the time for new guys. Oh, shit. Maybe they're actually going to like revitalize this character. And then it became too obvious. Now, I don't want any more indie people coming, so I'm going to beat up all these new people. Oh, but they just signed Matt Riddle. No, don't say that. Yeah, no, I know. It's a really boneheaded move because Matt Riddle can't lose. That's insane. And then what's the best we could hope for? A feud where they like have really good matches? That sounds fun, but then it's not going to service Cassius Ono at all. Cassius Ono is really becoming the wharf where you're constantly told that he's this big, intimidating guy who has a history of fighting. And, and then a fucking barrel he, falls on him. Yeah, he just constantly <laughs> gets his ass kicked to prove that somebody else is strong. I mean, Riker could probably kick Matt Riddle's ass. You think so? I don't know. Riker? I mean, Data, definitely. But Riker's but got those of, fucking, uh, that is American Gladiator, uh, he's got the Anbo Jiu-Jitsu or whatever. <laughs> if he's allowed to use his uh, stick, then he's going to win. This is getting off topic, but Riker brought back the double axe handle that Kirk would always do. But uh, I, I like that Star because Trek move in the world. it makes it feel like this is the Federation fighting style. They teach all of their their yeah. people... You know, 300 years in the future, we still haven't come up with anything better than double axe handle to the back. Yeah, it's the FWF, the Federation Wrestling Federation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. When someone should make a gif of uh, Velveteen Dream doing his second rope double axe handle and put the, 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 the alien fight music in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what I was talking about. That's exactly what I was referring to. You can't waste time when you're never EC3 because this is a tough, strong man. He's had wars in the, in the ring before. He knows how to come back. EC3 blocks the right hand from the Dream. Does so again and corks a couple of rights of his own, but then Dream. Oh, but it's. So, I don't know, whatever. We were talking about Cassius Ono. I mean, Cassius Ono is going to get his ass kicked and it's going to suck. Because I actually really liked his whole thing. I thought he was going to be like, I'm going to just clean up the mid card. I thought that was going to be his gimmick. And he's going to be like, Cesar Bononi, no one's seen you in a year. Fuck you, I'm going to beat you down. Like that kind of thing. But then we did see Cesar Bononi. We did. In a weird 
Brazilians versus bald dudes match. At least our, our boys, Bloney Dorch, are back. I'm really happy to see Oni back. They're going to light it up. People really love them. Remember six months ago when we were like, I don't know if this pairing is going to work. They yeah. seem weird. It's just because of the one and the two, right? That, that, that was the only reason they put them together. They feel like those couples that cut their hair and dress exactly the same. They've got like matching pantsuits. They saw each other and were like, you look almost exactly like me. We have to be a tag team, obviously. Yeah. They're a couple in a Wes Anderson movie. I uh, I did appreciate also Team Brazil. Our buddy, uh, bald beard guy, who comes out in the karate gi, and he's real fun. And then we also get uh, Cesar Bononi releasing his inner Razor Ramon. You saw that curl? That, like, forelock? Holy shit. I believe I texted you. Oh my God, Tristan, this guy was like newcomer of the year last year. And now he's on some no-name guy's team with a fucking Razor Ramon haircut. How the mighty have fallen. They should give him a barbecue skewer instead of a toothpick. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's great. That's a good job. I feel like if anybody, Cassius Ono shouldn't have that shtick. It should be Cesar Bernotti. He should be like, I, I was number one newcomer guy. What happened? <laughs> Why am I on a tag team of convenience? <laughs> is it this weird thing I have on my butt? Is that what's holding me back? Yeah, we still don't know what it is. I think it's a guy. I think it's like a stick figure. I absolutely do not. I think that it's like the the globe from the brazilian flag but with other shit around it. yeah i think there's a stick figure in front of it of a guy really i think so i wish you know someone should just fucking freeze frame it and then zoom in enhance <laughs> how enhance. great would it be if it's a stick figure <laughs> like a legit like four-year-old's stick figure in front of a globe and then it says me with an arrow oh my god that would be great but i don't think it's even like that i think it's like some dude's like weird stick figure i don't know man i think it's like an art thing whatever it, it doesn't matter anymore i mean he's basically job city now right like i know that i've said this before but cesar benoni show us your butt yeah really i want to see it maybe that's what's keeping you from getting over again you were he was i can't believe it everybody he was on tv every other week like what the fuck happened really did he piss someone off at least it happened to him and not Raul. i know because Raul mendoza is kind of getting over people are really liking him he's having like matches with lars sullivan where he's lasting five six seven minutes he's doing good he really like shows a lot of heart in his intro and with interactions with the crowd and i also like he sells well he the enhancement guys need to sell good and he sells pretty good. Although I'll tell you, if I can segue, I think a similar Lucha dude might have outsold him very recently. Oh, are you talking about the guy in the white pants? I'm talking about Humberto something or other. That guy. He sold great. I His selling was really good. It was a testament to how good he was that I was even watching the match that he was in, because I'll tell you, I was getting up and like eating and stuff during it. If this Humberto guy was not in there, I probably actually wouldn't have even paid attention to the match at all because it was King Forgotten Son. It was like the lead Forgotten Son. It was the forgotten... 
Who the fuck are these people? I don't know. They get introduced in Regal's office and we're supposed to know who they are. They sound like dopes. One of them never talks. There is at least a thematic consistency there where they get introduced in his office and they're like, we've been here for eight months and we've never been on TV. And I'm like, ah, they're forgotten sons. That's that's very funny. Uh, Right. Yeah. They're forgotten sons because (laughs) of the fucking joke that they're just never around. (laughs) But then they actually start getting treated seriously this is something that starts off goofy and could have stayed goofy and i might have been interested yeah but instead (sighs) they start having weird junkyard promos we all went to war and when we came home there wasn't a place for us in society man that was like 50 years ago when that kind of shit was whatever I think that they were talking about Iraq, not Vietnam. But. Yeah, but they were sent, they're they're doing the Vietnam thing. They're not really doing the the Iraq thing is like PTSD or whatever. I know it's not as wrestling. <laughs> it's like Hurt Locker. It's not as wrestling as I don't know. I mean, what are you gonna do? I'd be my wrestler catch line. What are you gonna do? Yeah, they're weird and they're boring. They're weird. They're boring. And clearly in an attempt to give them any kind of hook whatsoever, the commentary loves to talk about how a couple of them are former Marines and they all have like USA Marine patches on their weird fake biker vests. Well, listen, it never never helped John Cena win anyone over that he was a Marine. (laughs) Oh, wait. But I feel damn proud to be an American. They're clearly so going for the troops pop that I hate them now. Because I'm like, no, no nationalism in my wrestling, goddammit. Yeah, but they're also fucking, uh... They're also fucking like Wyatt family bad guys because they're like in a cult. You know, like the one of them just stares and he bugs his eyes in a really unconvincing way. And he's like the leader and he never speaks. And the other guy is like, are they in a cult or are they like a weird outlaw biker gang? They're a weird outlaw biker gang, but there's some sort of element of like, oh, but they're creepy that they add in. And and it doesn't even seem timely because like, is it Sons of Anarchy canceled? So I think they're, they're bringing it back. They're doing the, like a, a Mexican The spin. Mayans? Yeah, the Mayans, Mayans MC. yeah. But I don't know, man. That These guys are definitely not Mayan. That's one thing for sure. You know how the WWE likes to really key into something in pop culture and nail it. Yeah. I can't (laughs) wait for their psychotic uh, and psychologically damaged uh, inmate wrestling tag team based off of Oz. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I would actually like that. Yeah, no, I think it'd be great. It's just the right time for it too. Right. Cause Oz is so fresh in everyone's mind. The wing of the performance center that nobody is let into or out of. Yeah, sure. That's exactly. These are the wrestlers that are too crazy to control. Basically it's uh, starting ECW again. Right. That man was exactly my problem. The guy takes off his leather jacket. He's fucking lousy with tattoos and they're not bad. And he's huge. He's a big, giant guy. He's big, and he's muscly. And I'm like, wow. But I'm looking at him, and he is regular muscly. Like, everything about him 
just makes me look at him and say he is a wrestler, like a milk toast wrestler. And it's crazy, but it's because his character just doesn't come out at all. All three of them feel kind of like a creator wrestler in a wrestling video game. Yeah. A 13-year-old boy is like, I'm going to make a cool guy. He's yes. going to be tough. And he was a sniper in the military. And he has a beard. What's his personality going to be like? Oh, no, I'm 13. I don't give a shit about personalities. He, he gets angry eyes. Done. And now he's got the world championship. They seem like they know how to wrestle. It's just so weird. It just seems like such a bland gimmick. It seems like a bland gimmick to be getting a huge push. Maybe they're just trying to appeal to a uh, rednecky, uh, warmongery guys. I stumbled across something. Oh yeah, relating to Diana Peraza. Ooh, how fun! It of course has to relate to photos of puppies being posted. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm tuning out. I don't think you will because okay, right, okay. She just got a new pet puppy but I didn't find out from her Twitter account. I found out from her boyfriend's Twitter account. Oh. Who's her boyfriend? Marty Skrull. Oh, Marty Skrull. Maybe the most cartoonish of the Bullet Club guys. Fits with our our thing. I watched in... I'm hyping myself up. By the way, guys, I know we can't talk about other wrestling on this podcast, but uh, Tris and I are going to go to Bound for Glory. Uh... I'm going specifically just to see if Brian Cage can be real. I, I finally get what old school people talk about where they're like, this guy was such a draw just because he was 380 pounds. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to see this guy. I want to see this guy. I just want to see if he's like as big as they say. And can I've do heard all that he's shit. as wide as three men. I've heard he curls everyone he wrestles. And uh, <laughs> I've seen some of that. I saw him wrestle Marty Skrull and it was a great match on uh, some indie show. On YouTube. I'm going for a similar reason because I need to see if Pentagon Jr. can actually drive a nail six inches into his skull and survive. I bet he can. I've heard he can. I'm sure he can. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a fun show. Um, so yeah, no, I mean that's Marty's girl. That that yeah, you piqued my attention. You piqued my attention. That's Marty's girl. Wait, how is that Marty's girl? Well, because you talked about Marty's girl, that brought me to Brian Cage, brought you to Penta. How, but you didn't explain how it brought you to Brian Cage. Because of the match that I saw on YouTube, him versus Brian Cage. You didn't say I that. I did. You oh, go back know. and listen. You'll hear it. <laughs> no, what you said was... I watched in... I'm hyping myself up. By the way, guys, I know we can't talk about other wrestling on this podcast, but uh, Tris and I are going to go to Bound for Glory. I'm going specifically just to see if Brian Cage can be real. Tristan and yeah. I are going to and I Bound said, for Glory. I saw it. And I'm going just to. No, 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 no. You did not. Don't you remember I said some YouTube thing? No, you didn't. Oh, go back and listen to it. You'll hear it. I saw him wrestle Marty Skrull, and it was a great match on uh, some indie show on YouTube. This is where there's going to be six in a row buzzes. Oh, guess what? There won't be, though, because I've got my audio. So I can tell you (laughs) that I definitely said it. If if, If I hear any buzzing. I'm going to go after you, and I'm going to get the clip where I... Get the clip where I...
get the clip where I, I said will, it. There will only be buzzing if you didn't say anything about watching a YouTube match. There's going to be no. There's going to be no buzzing, dude. Absolutely, yes, there is. No, there's going to be no buzzing. Watch, watch. <laughs> I'll show you. So yeah, uh, Diana Perazzo has a dog. Has a dog with Marty Skrull. Fun. Powerhouse wrestling family being formed there. Can't wait until the dog gets in the ring. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see the dog's uh, bird mask. Deanna Perazzo had a great match with Dakota Kai. Tag team against Lacey Evans and Aaliyah. And there's a new rivalry forming between Dakota Kai and Aaliyah, which is somewhat disappointing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Shayna doesn't have the belt, how can our hero's journey happen? I'm worried that they're forgetting about the most important part of NXT, which is Dakota Kai's journey to the top. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if she maybe needs to get out on the on the stage and have a mic and say, I'm the gatekeeper now. I'm going to beat up all the new people because <laughs> she's a forgotten son now. <laughs> or maybe she just comes out with a beard and a jean vest. Yeah, that'll probably do it. Part of it isn't disappointing. Aaliyah now doesn't have a gimmick functionally. Her gimmick is that she's nasty to the crowd and they hate her. Which I think is the way that it yeah. should have been probably from the beginning. Yeah. Commentary hasn't gotten that note yet, though, because Nigel is still calling her a rich daddy's girl, and every once in a while, Mora goes... She loves cats. I think she also likes cats, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like... She calls herself the cat's meow. That was from a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> Can we bring that back yet? Yeah, that's great. She's an Ilurophile. She's kind of becoming the women's division version of Kona Reeves, where she is... Such an abject failure, but so full of herself that she's getting over just on crowd heat yeah, alone. Yeah, and she wrestles like a boring kind of style, but she's not boring doing it. It's just like, it's slow. It's locking up. It's whatever. But then she has really good cutoff moments. She grabbed Diana Perazzo's ankle as she tried to dive through her legs. That was cool. She was doing like the whole like sitting on her back and then letting her get up a little bit and then just like sitting on her again. And that oh, was yeah. like so great because it was boring and stupid, but it was also just like it gets people infuriated. It really works. Especially because she now has two wins over Dakota Kai. Yeah. She's a great well, she wrestler. She should absolutely not <laughs> have those wins over. She's a over. great wrestler, Tristan. You got to remember that. No, she is not, and it makes me pissed off because I love Dakota Kai. I just want her to find the strength in herself to become the top baby face of the women's division, and they're not giving me what I want. Yeah. And I know that that's technically good wrestling storytelling, but I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Lacey Evans is getting super over with me. Lacey Evans is doing She's great. and She's so good. Against all of these relatively small women, she looks like a fucking side of beef. It's amazing. She's great. I loved her. I loved so much of the shit that she was doing. I loved her reaction with the ref where she's like pulling the hair. It's like, I'm off the hair. I'm off the hair. <laughs> much like a guitarist might build up calluses on their fingers 
so that they can play the guitar better. Her hand clearly has built up a tolerance to being jammed into somebody's jaw because she slowly has weeded out the character element of punching somebody and then having to shake her hand. Now she just punches them and is like, yeah, I'm used to that. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of hurts, I guess. Whatever. That person's a fucking unconscious, so. Yeah, she's uh, she's really fun. I like that a lot. I thought she was the breakaway uh, star of the match. I was happy that Deanna Peraza was able to get her, like, signature armbar in and, like, was able to look pretty good. She better have gotten an armbar in, considering it mentions how amazing she is at armbars on the back yeah, of I her know, jacket. Yeah, I know. Oof. It's a little tough if you don't do an armbar every match now. Now you're just doing that indie thing where you have to get your shit in. Sure. Dakota Kai is technically the captain of Team Kick, but it doesn't say captain of Team Kick on the back of her sports It's bra. also really easy to get, like, one kick in. <laughs> That's true. Versus, like, oh, I'm going to get in my... I'm the, I'm the super hot baby face with a ton of shine on her, and here's my magic comeback. It's a four-minute-long armbar. A four-minute-long armbar to... That powerhouse of wrestlers, Aaliyah. Yeah. So you really feel like it's worth yeah. it. No, she got well. She got uh, Lacey in it for a while, which was awesome because Lacey sold the arm really well. I thought I was like, Jesus, Lacey's doing great. You want to take us to that? Yeah. Uh, how am I gonna do that? You absolutely don't have to think of a segue. Oh, okay. I just yeah, I guess it, so. I could just like just say it, huh? We also had a uh, what do you call it? A uh, Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream. This was exciting. This was not cartoony at all. I enjoyed this a lot. Go so ahead. Johnny Gargano and the Velveteen Dream also had a big feud in this month. I was really happy to see. Which, again, is crazy that, like, one of the big guys on Team Let's Keep It Serious is the Velveteen yeah. Dream. But he actually has an emotional consistency of, like, you know, Regal is talking to Johnny Gargano, and he comes out, and he's like, I won my takeover match. Johnny Gargano lost his. Why the fuck are you talking to him? Yeah, he's Johnny loser. He's Johnny failure. I really like how he's kept up that moniker, especially in the most recent episode where he's being interviewed by reporters and he goes, Johnny Gargano or Johnny failure, as I like to call him. Like, oh, really? You've been calling him that for the last month? I hadn't noticed. You could have just called him Johnny Failure and we would know who you were talking about. But you're like, that's such a great little character moment for Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Gargano is losing his shine with the audience and people are starting to just start, get sick of his shit. They like see the writing on the wall. Finally, it only took the two of us yelling at them for a year. All of the 10 year olds are still firmly in his corner. Especially but the 10 year old that got paid to hold signs for him. There's a very strong contingent of adults that are starting to grumble while he starts talking. Yeah, and there are people who are still so fucking behind him, they just can't stand it. Like, they are starting to see the writing on the wall, and they're depressed by it. So I'm starting to get really happy. Johnny Gargano comes out. He's ranting about how crazy he is. Yeah. He's basically telling the audience, I'm going to kill this dude no matter what it takes. Don't worry, I'm still a good guy. I'm going to shuffle him off of this mortal coil, and then all of my problems will be solved, and then I'll go back to being a good guy. Listen, you just got to bear with me. I'm going to go back to being normal Johnny soon. I just have to kill Champa, and I'm going to do it next time. That's when Regal comes out and is like, 
listen, I just got to ask. Yeah, listen, we know each other pretty well, and I like you a lot. Um, All you have to do is tell me that you didn't do it, but uh, did you beat up Aleister Black? And then Johnny says, I don't know, did I? (laughs) (laughs) Which is basically the most, yeah, I did, that you're ever going to get. You tell me, Regal. (laughs) Yeah, he says, you tell me. You've known me so long. You tell me. And right when their friendship is about to come to a head, that's when Velveteen Dream decides to stick his nose in shit. Yeah, that was great. Very convenient. They had a great match, solely fueled by Velveteen Dream constantly calling him a failure and Johnny Gargano being like, I'm not a failure. Yeah. Yeah, well, you lost your last two matches. I'm not a failure. There were some great moments that like played on the Gargano stuff. Like where he almost was going to kill Velveteen Dream. And then everybody was like, do it, do it. Because they all wanted him to do it. And he was looking around and he was like, shit, they're not supposed to want me to do it. Because I'm trying to still look like I'm good. But they think I'm good when I'm murdering people because they're monsters. And then like the little kid that they paid to hold the sign. I think he was supposed to be like, don't do it. But it looked like he was telling him to do it too. And then he was like. No, I couldn't. And, like, Moro had to, like, spell it out to us on the microphone. That young fan convinced Johnny not to turn evil. It was like, no, that young (laughs) fan, I'm pretty sure, was doing, like, yes fingers. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) They're all all so thirsty for blood. It's insane. This is how the Manson family started. (laughs) Is this why he's, like, the great hero of NXT is because he's the only one that'll give them murder? It's it's really that's why weird. that's why Lars Sullivan is a in a close second to him. Yeah, and I want to also bring out a special shout and out and also Shayna Baszler, who we didn't mention, choked a woman to death in the middle of the. Oh ring. yeah, that's right. We never even said that she choked someone like four times. <laughs> I kept waiting for Dakota or Kyrie or anyone to run from the back. Yeah, nobody and did. Trying right? to stop her, and it was literally ten minutes of her just. Choking a woman. Yeah. The refs came out. Not even Regal came out. The refs like, came you would out. Think that was it. Two extra refs come out. Regal didn't come out. Y- you know what? You want to get Percy Jackson over. Percy Jackson. Percy Watson over. <laughs> Lightning thief, baby. <laughs> you want to get Percy Watson over. He's supposed to be the babyface commentator. Maybe he should at least stand up and be like, Shayna Baszler, stop doing that or I'm going to come over there. Nobody reacted. Yeah, nothing. And half of the audience kept going like, yay. Yeah, it was just, yay. I don't know, man. More weird stuff. More weird attitude shifts. I don't know. And we love Johnny now because he's a murderer. It's 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 very strange. It's very weird. We're like in the mirror, mirror universe of NXT where all of the good guys are the ones that almost kill somebody. Yeah, they still have goatees, though. It's a very weird it's thing. Very and weird. then Dream comes out and, and beats him because of all of his moments of doubt and all of his moments of sadness and everything. And it's great. I want to give a special shout out to NXT guy who's very concerned throughout this entire match because he yeah. can't cheer for either of them. But he loves he's still doing he's still fanning himself when Dream says stuff or is doing something. And when Johnny goes to beat up. Dream, he's like the only guy. Like I said, he's the moral compass of 
<laughs> of uh, NXT. I think I said that a million years ago. No, he just ago. wants to fuck Velveteen yeah, but, Dream. But when, but when Johnny is going to beat him up, Johnny, the guy he cheers on all the time, he's like, no, no, Johnny. And you see him saying no and like looking at the kid in disgust. This is the only reason I knew that the kid <laughs> was cheering for this. I'm like, well, NXT guy is my guide to fucking what's right and what's wrong. So... I think you need better role models in your life. I don't know if I do. NXT guy. I don't know. I think NXT guy's got it on pretty solid. I think he's, I think he knows what's up. I kind of want to see where they're going to go with Dream now. Because you kind of know where they're going to go with Johnny. He's just going to fucking deteriorate and turn to a monster. Because he's just like, I can't do it anymore, guys. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. And he's walking away and he's behind the stage. And he's like, I'm sorry. And it's like, no one cares that you lost, Johnny. That's not what we're sad about. You just don't get it. We're sad that you're going insane. Yeah, his like tweet that you showed me, where he was just like Johnny wrestling, Johnny <laughs> failure, Johnny wrestling, Johnny failure, and it's just like he's about to break through the door with an axe. Here's Johnny. Yeah, 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 just... yeah. He's having a real, uh, a real normal one at the Overlook Hotel. What he's typed will be a window into his madness. Feeling fine. Wow, that's a relief. <laughs> this is less encouraging. It's definitely going to happen. Like, we can see where it's going, and I'm just glad that I'm right. And there you go. To pick up a thread there, I'm starting to wonder what's going on with Candice LeRae. Oh, yeah. You saw her interview with Regal? She hasn't been on TV for a while. And we thought that maybe it was because she has completely disavowed her husband. But now what she's saying is, my husband couldn't have done it because 10 minutes before Alistair Black got attacked, he said that he was going to go to the locker room and then disappeared. So obviously he went to the locker room. The person that you should be looking into is that mean old Chompa person. Regal says... Actually, we have evidence that he couldn't have done it. And she goes, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what does it sound like? It sounds like him. It sounds like his M.O. <laughs> and you know what? I get it. I liked that weird little thing she said before where she was like, we're keeping our business life and our personal life separate. <laughs> Which is a great way to say I'm kind of not really involved in this anymore because it's bad for my career. <laughs> <laughs> for storyline reasons please don't lump me in with this we're not separated but we're having some time off yeah we're keeping our personal <laughs> lives separate from our business lives you know like how when johnny's a raving lunatic at work yeah he comes home and he's just chill we hang out we watch a movie we eat some popcorn he's not a fucking raving lunatic who goes on twitter and writes johnny failure over and over again i think i saw on his twitter that uh they had a second honeymoon awesome. at Disney World. That's great. Yeah. Did he go to the haunted mansion and just see visions of Champa dancing around them? <laughs> I, I, I just, oh my god. I don't know whether she's covering for him. He clearly did it. Yeah, but I mean, look at who she's hanging out with: Cassius Ono, the friendly, huggy, huggable teddy bear who's turning into a monster who wants to kill every new person, and Kyrie Sane. Everyone's favorite cartoon character girl 
who's putting the belt in a treasure chest because she's actually <laughs> an evil pirate. Maybe Candace LeRae's turning evil, guys. She's hanging out with criminals, like pirates. Are you saying guilt by association? I'm saying guilt by association, baby. Her evidence that her husband couldn't have done it is, he said he was going a place, and then I didn't see him for 15 minutes. Well, maybe she beat up Alistair Black. Because, you know, after all, they can't charge a husband and a wife for (laughs) For the the same same crime. crime. I got the worst of fucking attorneys. We don't have to act like EC3 and talk about how obvious things are. (laughs) <laughs> we, 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 everybody knows it was Johnny at this point and if you don't know it was Johnny I'm sorry dude but maybe this isn't the podcast for you because we've been telling you for months longer it's than he Johnny. even got beat up it's Johnny yeah, he, yeah. he's fucking insane yeah, he's crazy he's a bad dude he's, he's... he came out in fucking Venom cosplay which is stealing that from Prince Devitt but anyway yeah, did he get like permission from the new Marvel movie, guys. Come on. Come on. You know who else had a big transformation? Champa. Champa had a big transformation. He's discovered music. Yeah, he's no longer Captain Silence. Instead, he's a backstage selfie guy who <laughs> kisses the belt, records himself, kind of talks a little bit like a weird religious leader for a bit, and then comes out to music now. And people are super into it. Because he's getting some cheers. Yeah, he's getting some cheers. Uh, I really like the thematic consistency of uh, Johnny has Rebel Heart. And his music starts with a EKG going into Flatline. Yeah, that's good. That's great. That's a nice That's touch. such a great little detail. Where, like, even after this feud is over, they could keep that. And you're just like, oh, because he fucking murders people. Right. But the the truth of the matter is, Johnny is the heart. And he's going to fucking kill that dude. Yeah, he's the black heart. Wink. It was suitably cheesy, shitty music for him being a bad guy. It's got the worst fucking lyrics in the I world. I can't even understand what the lyrics are. No one gets out alive. Really? No. Now that's yeah. terrible. Or no one will survive. That's, something yeah, like that's that. even worse. Yeah, that's not good. It's kind of like how Cody has that song that's like all like new metal-y or whatever. And Screamaroonie. And I'm just like, yeah, you're a real heel. Well, and and like Cody, it has a really great intro and then just sucks ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's it's good. It's he knows what's up. Cody going, Wrestling has more than one royal family. It's like, oh, that's awesome because it like both sells him as conceited, but also sells him as a wrestler and like a part of this lineage. And then it just goes into the most assy butt rock you've ever heard. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. And um, this one seems like a lot of fun, too. They're transitioning him now. They're like, well, you know what? He needs to become at least a little bit likable because hey, he's the champ. Obviously, whatever's going on with Gargano isn't over yet because Gargano is still insane. Yeah. But... um. I think that they're hopefully taking a long view of it and being like, he's got to have a personality after this feud either ends or just dies down for a while. Well, he's in great, he's in great hands. Haven't you seen that he's now in a big feud with uh, Dosevich? I got to say, I'm looking forward to That's that That's going to be a really fun match. I can't wait to <laughs> That's see. That's going to be a goofy-ass yeah, match. Yeah, I can't wait to see how Ciampa manages to just humiliate the shit out of a guy that's like four times his size. That, I think, is going to be goofy in the good way where... 
it doesn't have to be goofy because Dozovich is making jokes. It's just look at those two guys and those two characters in the ring together. Yeah. How the fuck does that work? Yeah, it's like one is like the embodiment of evil and the other one is just some goofy lizard teddy bear guy. The other one is a fucking uh, uh, wrecking ball that has come untethered from its cable yeah. and rolled into the middle of a it's, wrestling ring. It's very weird. And because it's going to be so weird, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. But yeah, I just think that they're like, We've got to give him a personality besides hates his ex-best friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The personality that they're giving him is so fucking on point for somebody who just hated his ex-best friend. I'm the champ now. And as I've been saying for the past couple of months, I'm the best sports entertainer alive. So none of you guys are on my level. Yeah. Before he took the match with Dozovich, just because Dozovich couldn't pronounce his name, he was like... I'm never going to wrestle again because nobody's on my level. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun thing to hear. And it was also just like where he was just like, I was clear number one contender. Nobody here is a number one contender. Yeah. And that was. That's so great. Yeah, that was really good. I love that his his de facto thing was like, I'm so good at wrestling that I'm never going to be in a match again because nobody could compete with me. I'm going to hold this belt until I die. Yeah. And then you can wrestle again. I think he's going to do just fine. He's probably going to do a bit better than fucking Johnny Gargano because Johnny Gargano is going to end up in the fucking nut house. Yeah, that's true. But uh, Johnny Gargano is in the video game and Tommaso Ciampa is not. Yeah, because he didn't he he didn't allow his likeness to be used because he doesn't want to be controlled by a bunch of know nothing smarts. I hope that that's true, and it's not. I mean, that's absolutely not true. It's just that they always overlook people in those stupid fucking. Video yeah, but games, they didn't but... even announce him as DLC yet. They announced Ricochet as DLC. Ricochet's only hold that held that belt for five minutes. So. <laughs> Let's get to that. Thank you. That was a very good... I, I see what you did there. I'm glad that you did yeah. that. Can you can you follow up on uh, why you why you might have commented that he's only had that belt for five Well, months? I'm actually just parroting the opinion of someone who knows a lot more about wrestling than myself. The currently the longest reigning WWE champion, period, uh, won Pete Dunne. The bruiser weight? Yeah, the bruiser weight. Oh, hell. You know how he has those cool custom shirts that always sell out immediately? Yeah. What about it? He tweeted that he's dropping a new one on October 1st. Really? October 1st? So, I guess I'm going to have to set an alert. I will say that one out of every 10 of his shirts is weird and lame and I don't want it. But uh, considering the other nine are fucking awesome, I'm probably finally going to buy a Pete Dunn shirt. I really want a Pete Dunn shirt. He's, he is, I don't know what, what there is about him. I say this all the time. There's some sort of unknowable quality to him, but he's my favorite wrestler alive. I just can't, I, mean, I can't understand Now that why. Shayna Baszler has betrayed me by espousing colonialist, imperialist politics. Yeah, she's probably uh, a bourgeoisie as well. <laughs> a bourgeoisie? Yeah. Really hitting all of those consonants? Hey, man. I'm not French, all right? These colors don't run.
Podcast that over, guys. <laughs> I figured out how to get out of it. <laughs> I'm just going to cut the podcast there. That's <laughs> No, because we have to talk about the best part. Which is? Which is how fucking mad I am about this stupid match. You mean this objectively great match? This probably match of the year candidate match for nine tenths if of it, it hadn't been for the last 30 seconds of the tv yeah show. exactly um okay so there's a fight between ricochet and pete dunn it develops because they were tagged together because pete dunn hates undisputed era and undisputed era is mad at ricochet and tries to jump him because he just won the belt from adam cole baby the thing is pete dunn wants to fight undisputed he doesn't give a shit about ricochet but he's like i'll team with you just so i could beat them up well he saves ricochet from getting jumped and then ricochet is like hey thanks bud no he says thanks mate which i think is offensive <laughs> mate is for aussies i'm clearly english fuck off unless you say you what i'm not your mate i yeah i don't care about you i would have let anybody else in this world beat you up but uh, I just, whenever I see any member of the Undisputed Era, I run at them full force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I was almost kind of waiting for him to look at him and be like, aren't you a camera guy? I feel like I've seen you a lot. Why do you have that belt? <laughs> You're not it, supposed to have that. Just give it to me. They got in a match with the Undisputed Era. It was a good match. Uh, they lost because Ricochet was a dumb dumb and did a, one of his stupid flippy flops and flew right at the Pete Dunn, who got pulled in front. Pete Dunne rightfully blamed Ricochet for their loss, and he was correct. And uh, Ricochet was like, well, you know what? I want your belt. And then, and then Pete Dunne was like, I want your belt. So they had a belt versus belt match, and it seemed like the greatest thing they'll ever do. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I, I try not to be too smarky, but you look at, at this setup, and, um, you know, it's, it's weekly television – uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's uh, two belts up against each other. Um, winner yeah. takes all. Uh, and you think, um, obviously, it's going to end with a clean in the middle of the ring pin, and Pete Dunne is going to have two belts. I mean, I know that it was stupid <laughs> of me to think that. I, I know totally that. thought that, too. I, mean, I know, because right? Because, because it, they, interview, no... they interview both of them, and Ricochet yeah. had an okay interview. But then Pete Dunne's interview ends with, the only thing I need to figure out is how to fit two belts in my mouth. And I'm like, yeah, he's winning. He's yeah, gotta he's got to win. win now because now he's got to have both of them in his mouth. But the thing <laughs> is, it's just the thing is, I know it's stupid. It's weekly. I even texted you while I was watching it. I said, oh, my God, this is a takeover match. That's when I should have thought to myself. Oh, they won't give us a takeover match on the weekly TV, but they've given us takeover matches on TV before they have. And, and, and they've given us championship swaps yeah. and like all sorts of shit. Yeah, they've given they've given us takeover matches on fucking go home shows. Like they've yeah. given us all sorts of great shit. I just and assumed, you're watching the match and it's fantastic. It's like almost a it's a twenty something minute match. It's a great match. Both of them get in not only their normal offense that makes them look strong, but both of them do shit that you don't normally see them do, which makes yeah. it look like, oh, this is a really pushing them. This is awesome. 
The only thing I was a little bit annoyed by, I would have loved to see Pete Dunn get out of the way of a tope, but you can't. I mean, because you'll kill yeah. the other guy. But it was like that was what started the whole thing, and it would be really cool if he was just like, oh, yeah, fuck you. I know all about those. Well, that that is one of the moves that consistently i mean i love a lot about this dude but consistently makes me love zach saber jr which is whenever he's in the corner and somebody runs at him and he just sidesteps and lets them run into the turnbuckle and is like yeah that's stupid pro wrestling shit i like the way he looks at him after yeah he always looks at him like why did you think that i would just stand there for 15 minutes yeah no that's i mean that's great and i kind of wish that that was something that we would see but obviously you can't because ricochet's head not with a tope yeah yeah onto the fucking ramp yeah of course (laughs) so it doesn't make any sense but it would have been cool and it was an amazing match it was really a great match and honestly it really could have been you know if 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 my network had like glitched out or like if I got hit by lightning and like my power went out like before the end of the match. And you I just like, imagined the ending? Yeah. This would be match of the year. First thing I'd do is go online. I'd be thinking this would be match of the year while I'm trying to figure out who won. Because it 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 was so close and it was really getting me thinking that there was gonna ha- it was gonna happen. And that we had just done, when you think about it. We had just done at the closeout of the last show, Bianca Belair and Nikki Cross double count out. So I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to fuck around. But and then, then they fucked around. Yeah. And it was the most disappointing fuck around, I think, of all. And, and I, again, it was uh, the kind of fuck around that only makes sense in terms of setting up other shit. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense for that moment. Undisputed Era comes out and beats the shit out of all both of them. And then War Raiders comes out and chases them off like they're a cat going through their garbage. And they end the match with a DQ finish. And I was so pissed because here's what I thought. Let me just tell you right now, they could have salvaged it. And I'll tell you how they could have salvaged it. And it looked like they were going to. And this is kind of why I was so pissed. The two of them are getting up. They get e- they get their belts back. They're staring each other down. And they're wobbling. They're super weak. Now, Ricochet has, like, so much guts. I'm thinking to myself, Ricochet's not going to, like, let it happen. He's not going to let it end. He's going to be like, no, start the matchup again. Yeah. And Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne doesn't give a shit about anything. He's going to be like, yeah, start the matchup again. And then it's going to happen. And then whoever wins is going to have a super good excuse. We did a 20-minute match. We both got the shit kicked out of us. And then you got lucky and, and X-plexed me or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Like it would Because been... obviously it would be Pete Dunne because he's got to put two belts in his mouth. And also because he's the best wrestler alive. Um, but the thing is, it's just it's insane to me that they didn't do that. And they hovered on them for so long. And the two of them have so much guts. And, like, I really thought it was going to happen. I wasn't thinking that. I was just thinking, oh, this is going to end with Pete Dunne elbowing Ricochet in the jaw and Ricochet going down, and then it ends that way where it's like, oh, they still have beef. But, of course, they can't still have beef because this is all in service to the next takeover, which I believe is going to be another War Games. Oh, God. So we have three tag teams yeah, who are all angry at each other. Hey, maybe um, 
hey, maybe hey, maybe the tag team of Pete Dunne and Ricochet are going to turn on each other at the end, and it's going to be a big surprise because that never happened with Pete Dunne before. Here's the thing that I really hate about this ending. Yeah. And it's something that I've already said two or three times. It makes no sense in that moment for those characters to do that thing. Because if you're Undisputed Era, what you would want the most is for one of those dudes to have both belts so that so Adam Cole... So you just have to beat them once. Yeah, Adam right. Cole can show up and go, I challenge you for both belts. And they go, no, I'll only do one belt. And then you have the other members of Undisputed Era beat them up. And you go, you're only getting your revenge if you put both belts up on them the line yeah i mean that makes perfect sense and it was something i was kind of thinking too because i was just like well it's got to be so that adam cole can get like all the belts because that would be very funny yeah it would be like an austin aries thing and but it would be on wwe so they'd be like look we didn't need him after all it was so frustrating it really was it doesn't make sense that they came out and beat them up it doesn't make sense that you would end it that way it doesn't make sense that if you're going to try and set up a match of the year potential match of the year between pete dunn and ricochet for both titles why the fuck would you do it twice so it's exactly what you're saying i wouldn't be surprised if they never fight again you know what else doesn't make sense right what why would war raiders save pete dunn and Ricochet. They don't oh. seem like the sentimental type. Oh, they're not sentimental. They're not friends. They just don't like Undisputed Era. Oh, wait, hold on. That sounds like something that just happened. It's just Pete Dunne. It's like, it's insane. <laughs> You're just doing the same thing over and over again now. And that's insane to me. And, and I have like to tell you, this was The so... previous episode, we already had a double DQ. Yeah. It was like... It was really disappointing. A lot of times people will complain about... DQ finishes and stuff and I'm just like well whatever it's fine it's in service of stuff this is the first time I really got it like I really got it to the point where I was just like I totally understand NXT does DQ finishes sometimes that make sense for the characters and the situation and this doesn't at all no I don't think so I don't think it does and the other thing that's crazy is why I know storyline wise why it was Undisputed Era that had to get involved but why? Because are you trying to get them booed now? Because people are going to boo them because they took away a fun match for them. But the problem is nobody, nobody is going to be like, oh, Undisputed Era, boo them. They they ended my match early. It's like, no, the fucking office ended the match early because they fucking couldn't book this shit right. Yeah. It's crazy because they could. You could have just left it on TV and had a decisive winner and it would have been match of the year. It was amazing. It was a great fucking match. I bought into every false finish. I bought into everything. It was so good that one of them could have had both belts after it, and you would be like, yeah, fucking makes sense. It would have been fine. It didn't hurt. It wouldn't have hurt either of them. I mean, the thing that was so crucial was it seemed like both of them could have really lost something. Like, if Pete Dunne loses that belt before they even start the fucking NXT UK, that would be insane. Yeah. Plus, he's been going on about how he's the longest reigning champion. Like, could you imagine? And if Ricochet loses that belt, he literally hasn't even defended it yet. This is his first defense, is it? Yeah. So, like, that would suck for him. Yeah. So, like, the stakes were very real. 
But because of the quality of the match, the stakes kind of faded away, and you knew that both of them would still be over after the match. So I just didn't understand. I really just didn't understand why you would do that. As disappointing as this was, it was completely not disappointing to me in (laughs) that it happened, and my first thought was, oh, I have something to talk about with Alec this week. We're, okay, we're not yeah. ju- we're not just going to be sitting around going like NXT is good, yeah. That's true. Yeah, this is good. That's good. It's all good. That's true. We can't just say NXT is good now because there was some weird shit. I'm not prepared to say bad because oh no, love... it's not bad. I- I've still been enjoying the shit out of it. Yeah. but like it's getting weirdly goofy and they're starting to fuck up endings. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So unfortunately. Much like NXT this week, we are going to leave you on a low note. But don't oh, worry. No. Things will be getting better. I'm sure they have to. Oh, yeah. This has been What's NXT. I've been Tristan Marsh. I've been Alec Basio. You got anything you want to plug? Yeah, you could follow me on Twitter now. I have a Twitter, but it's only for Virtual Fire New York City related events. So you could follow me at VF Harpoon. And that is where you can find anything about our upcoming uh, monthly tournament series. And that's pretty much it. You can contact me at Enemy of Both on Twitter. I also have a Patreon. Helps me work on my comic, draw, and make this podcast. So if you give a shit, head on over to patreon.com slash undisputedartist. Love that. Give me a couple bucks. You can contact the show itself at whatsnxtpod at gmail.com. Oh, shit. We never shouted out Chris. Hey, Chris. Well, he's a meme. We didn't talk about anybody getting high. That's true. Matt, but Matt, we did a Matt Riddle thing. Shit. Damn. Man, right, that, that episode when Matt Riddle kicks the shit out of Chris Hero... Yeah, right, Chris Hero. <laughs> That's it, man. Well, you should. You know what you should do is just call the name. The name of that episode is just going to be Chris. Yeah. Lots of S's. Tune in next month to find out if NXT figured its shit out. And what's next? What's NXT?